Welcome to the house. We hope this podcast blesses you and encourages you. Enjoy. Thank you once again for welcoming me in this space. Um, I just wanted to say how honored I am. I've been tuning in. This will be my fourth week. And I've just been so blessed by this sacred space. This is what I'm calling it, a sacred space where people from all walks of life um, have just gathered. And I just want to say that every story that I've heard, um, every piece of yourself that you have shared, I have taken with me. Um, those stories are in my head, they're in my mind. And I just want to say thank you for your courage to share. Thank you for being vulnerable because um, you might have thought that you were just sharing what you were feeling in the moment or what you what was rising up. Um, but I just want to say that you've been a blessing to me and that your stories have kept me going and have reminded me that um, God is merciful, He's powerful, and that as I continue to put my faith and hope in him, like God's going to work it out. So thank you so much. Just want to say thank you for that. Um, and I just, let's dive right in. Um, tonight I wanted to speak out of a place where it's, it's very transparent. Um, my sisters, Nikki and Jen and Danny have shared from a very transparent place as well. And I know that the word that they have brought has come from a raw place. And um, those are the types of messages that really encourage the believer, right? They encourage the brethren. The Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb. So the blood of the lamb, meaning the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on the cross for our sins blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony so guess what even the the stories or the the situations that you might have thought were the darkest the most horrendous the most shameful the most unredeemable places even even though you might have thought how can god even redeem this i'm not even going to share this piece of me those are the stories that help other people overcome. I just want to encourage you tonight. Um, I pray that you would begin and continue to step into places like these and become vulnerable because you never know what your story can do for another person. We're just helping each other get out of, get out of holes. Okay. Let's just be, let's just be diggers. Just get, let help people get free. So tonight, I wanted to talk about um, this idea of creating an aerial landing strip um, for God. So keep keep that visual in your mind. I'm a visual learner, so I like to have things like little pictures or or scenarios pop up in my mind, and I and I I lean into that, and I feel like the Lord speaks to me that way. Um, so have that visual as, as I'm speaking tonight of, of an aerial strip, you know, like when, when you're on the plane and you're watching that, that landing strip and the plane's about to land. So have that in mind. Okay. Um, but before I even dive into that piece, I want to make sure that we are 
engaging in this um, conversation, because after I'm done speaking, I really want to hear from you guys, um, that we are engaging in this conversation from a position of kinship. So if you have something to write with, write that word down, kinship, K-I-N-S-H-I-P, kinship. And kinship is that relationship that is bonded by blood, right? So like you have a kinship with your parents, you have a kinship with your siblings, with your cousins, with your blood family. And I want us to all kind of step in to that space of kinship, where whether you are um, a new believer or um, you've been involved in church for a while or you might be in this space and you're like I have no I don't have a church background this is like the first time that I'm listening to this um uh have that um I want us to get on that same level okay um when we come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord, and if you haven't done so and you're watching this tonight, um, there's going to be an opportunity later on um, where we can pray for you. And um, if you want to, and if you feel ready, um, we can pray over you. And, and I know that this this squad, this tribe will, will hold you. Um, so when when we come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, we accept him as our Lord, right? A lot of times, if you're, if you grew up in a church like I did, um, we have this idea that God is this like higher power and he's all knowing and he's perfect. And, um, you know, he's a creator and he created us. And we come from a place of like, Oh my gosh, I need to do all of these things. Like sometimes um, church leaders or, or specific churches um, put this pressure on to like perform. And I think we talked about this with Nikki and um, we come into like a faith of performance. Right. And so we have, we feel like we got to do all of these things. We got to read our Bible. We got to pray. We got to wake up at 6 a.m. In Spanish, we call it a matutino. I don't know how you say it in English. Um, <laughs> but it's basically like waking up at the crack of dawn. And like, that's when you have your devotional time with Jesus. Because if it's not at the crack of dawn, then you, did you even pray? Okay. Did it even work? So we have like these little things that we do and, and, it doesn't really like cement or or nurture a personal relationship with with Jesus, right? Because we're working, we're we're doing all of these things out of fear. For me, it was like fear. I'm gonna go to hell. Just I'm gonna go to hell if I'm not like in church, wearing a skirt, like not wearing makeup. You know, all of these little things, right? But then. Um, as I've gotten older and as I've gotten to experience life, <laughs> um, I have just been reminded that the relationship with, that we have with Jesus, yes, we recognize him as our Lord. Yes, we recognize that he died on the cross for our sins and that one day we will we will get to spend eternity with him, right? Yes, but also it's for the sake of relationship. And that relationship here on earth is um it is held together by that kinship um ephesians talks about how we've been grafted into the family 
um, that we've been, the, uh, the writer of Ephesians uses this language of adoption. It uses a language of kinship, right? And we were bought by the blood of Jesus. So y'all, we are, we are kin. Like we are, he's, he's our family. He is, um, we're his kids, right? We're his kids. We're God's kids. And I love that word kids because it just, it like puts such a sweet touch on it. We're his, we're God's kids. Um, so everything that we do here on earth stems from that knowledge of I'm God's son. I'm God's daughter. And so it becomes a, um, the action isn't now I have to do this because I'm going to get in trouble, but I have, I do this because I love my father. Now we're going to like, this is for another, a later talk, but your relationship to, to Abba, to father God will, will have its dynamics and will depend a lot on like what your experience has been on earth with your earthly father your mother your guardian like if you have had a negative experience um you know maybe your father you didn't grow up with a dad or you know x y and z um all of those things can play into the dynamic between like your how you register god the father and um there's hope for that there's hope for that because because God the Father is always really revealing himself to his kids. He's always revealing himself to, to us. So I pray tonight that if that has been your experience where you've had a broken relationship with um, with your earthly father. I'm getting emotional. If that has been your experience, I really pray that God would begin to reveal his father heart for you, okay? That um, God would begin to like overwhelm you with with his love and show you what that looks like here on earth. Um, Yeah, so that leads me into my next point. I have three points, okay? I'm coming into my second point. So the first point is kinship, our relationship with God as his children bought by the blood of Jesus, which makes us now his children. And everything flows from there. Um, if you're a parent, you know that there is nothing that you will withhold from your child. That the love that you have for your child is like larger and you have so much space for that child. Um, imagine God the Father to you. Okay? So, um, when we're, when we're living out this life here on earth for whatever, however long we live here on earth, our mission is to be in relationship with the Father, to be in relationship with this amazing God, and by that relationship, um, be a witness to others. So love God, love people, right? So it's like, love God, think about the cross. Love God, and we love people. So how can we love people and not have a relationship with God, the father in a healthy relationship? It'll be, it'll still, it'll still probably look like Jesus, right? And it'll probably still sound like Jesus, but there's probably something that needs to be worked out. So um, as we live in relationship with God, the father, we 
are then attractive to people, people will begin to say, I want what they want. Like that's the way that, that she talks about God. Like that's what she does for God. That's how she lives her life out for God. And mind and remember that when you're doing this out of a place of I'm his daughter, when you love your, your dad, you're going to want to obey your dad because you love your dad. You don't want to disappoint your dad because it's not because you're afraid of him, because you love him. You just want to make him proud, right? So when we're when we're walking like this with God, we're just doing things out of love. We're doing things out of a place of like, I just want to honor you, God. I just want to, I just want to say, God, you're you're so worthy of my life because you're good to me. Comes out of that well out of that fountain people who don't know who don't know god who have never experienced a relationship like that are going to start becoming attracted to that and that's how we we share that's that's the the the, the mission that we have on earth is to share the the love of the father with people we have to first experience that right we have to first come to that knowledge of this is my this is my father I want you to meet him. Um, so that's, I want us to be on that, on that playing field coming into to my landing, my landing strip. Um, I've been in a season where uh, God's really been like grabbing a hold of me. And he's really been like firm, but also very kind and very gentle. And I'm living in a space right now in my faith where I've never felt closer. I've never felt more closer. I've never felt more in tune. I've never felt more like connected than right now. Um, Last year was a different story. You can ask my girls, Genesis and Nikki, like I felt like somebody came in and just turn the lights off and like they literally went like night night let me tuck you in while I'm at it and it was just dark it was scary um I felt like there was no hope I would ask God like how long is this gonna take how long am I gonna be in this place God please expedite this process I don't want it I don't and I remember talking to Genesis one night And I I told her, I was like, I feel like there's such a disconnect between what I know is true and what I'm feeling on the inside. And I literally was like, like, it's all BS, Jen. This is all BS. And I'm so glad for friends like Genesis who listen, but also are like, no, let me get you back on. Let me come on, come over here. We're not going to stay there. Um, it was a process and today I'm standing in the fruit of a lot of prayers, but also in the fruit of, of taking a step forward. I heard this saying one time, your big yes is made up of tiny yeses. Your big yes in life. In, in my case, my big yes in life has been yes to Jesus, yes to following Jesus. My big yes to Jesus has been, is made up of tiny little yeses along the way. And so um, 
yeah, I'm here. I'm in this space. And I'm so thankful because I feel like there's so much clarity. I feel like just as somebody came in and turned off the lights, um, later on, somebody else came in and opened the curtains and said, no, baby girl, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. I'm opening up the curtains. I'm going to let the light in. God just began to do a work in my life. But I had to address a lot of a lot of false thinking, a lot of um, giants in my own life that I had believed. One of them was, truly, God can't love me like that, like a daughter. Truly, truly not. I'm a mess. I drop the ball all the time. I'm a runaway child. Like, I've done all the things, I've done all the things in the book that would require for me to get kicked out of my house. Like, all of them. No, he kept pursuing me. He kept saying, no, you're my daughter. No, you're my daughter. You're my daughter. And he didn't use language like, you're a worship leader. Oh, you're a teacher. You're the, you're the wife of so-and-so. No, he kept saying, you're my daughter. You're my daughter. And I was like, okay, I'm your girl. I'm your girl. Yeah, I'm your daughter. I began to fall in love with God as my father. And the position of my heart started to change. The motives behind my actions began to change. I was I was no longer chasing anything. I just was at his feet. I just wanted to be with Jesus, right? So I was there in my walk. Now, one of the bigger challenges of my life um, God began to address, which was um, being afraid of vulnerability and putting myself out there. Um, I've always been the type to um, not be easily impressed. I'm always like, mm, that was cute, right? Or like, it's hard for me to get ex- it was hard for me to get excited. It was hard for me to build anticipation, to be expectant. I had a lot of fear of disappointment, a lot of fear of rejection, a lot of fear of failure. So I kept myself in a bubble. And um, <laughs> and so one day, this was recently, you guys, okay? One day, um, one of my mentors, which I love, she pretty much was like, Raquel, create a landing strip for God. And I was like, okay, I'm tracking, I'm tracking. So, so, hi, sorry, my daughter just came in. Okay, come here, sit right here. We gotta be quiet, okay? Okay, this is my daughter, everybody. Say hi. I'm a princess. She's a princess. Okay, so, I started thinking about that. So remember how I asked you to have a that visual of a landing strip, right? Can you imagine if there's a plane and it's trying to land and there's nowhere to land and the plane's just hovering? The plane needs to land. It'll probably do like an emergency landing somewhere. It's going to be unsafe. Um, it'll be, you know, just crazy and I started thinking hmm I think that's been my life 
where God's been trying to like land things in my life, has been trying to deposit things in my life, but out of fear, I haven't given him a space to land. I haven't said, God, here's what I have. Just use it. Because I've been so afraid. And I started like, I took her words and this was a moment of like i called her crying guys i was like having a little meltdown and first of all she was like you can't afford to have meltdowns right now it's time to it's time to go 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 action so she's like create a landing strip for god i kid you not i was like all right i don't know how i'm gonna do this but i do know what i have right now i love to write and i love music um so I'm just going to start writing songs. Mind you, that's probably what I, should, what I should have been doing for a really long time, but I had stopped because of fear. Because I'm like, who's going to listen to this? Who's going to care? No, there's already so many amazing people out there. Who's going to care about little old me, this little old song? I'm okay. I'll just focus on something else, which I wasn't focused on anything, to be honest. So I started writing. And giving this to the Lord, just surrendering it. Not even like, God, use this. Just like, Lord, here's what I have. I kid you not, guys. Literally, I felt like God was like, like, finally, girl. Like, finally. Okay, here you go. Here's this. And things just started coming into, popping out of nowhere. People started hitting me up like, Raquel, could you be a part of this right Raquel, um, I really want to invest in you. Let's, whatever, like start, like what people wanted to build with me. It was almost like literally like God was just at the, on the other side of the door to my life. Just like this. Is she ready? Is she doing something? Okay, I'm going I'm to be patient. Like he always is, right? He's so patient. He's so patient. Probably was at the foot of my door every day. Just, she there. Okay, she probably needs more time. Finally, when I was like, I'm going to do this. I was like, boom, we're ready. Opens the door. And man, like I was reminded of somebody in the Bible that was like that. Not out of fear, but who was found ready. Who was just found ready, already doing something. And that was King David. You guys have heard of King David. If you haven't, King David was a very important king um, to Israel and was coming on the heels of a really horrible king. And God was looking for somebody else to replace this king, Saul. And God was adamant. God was looking for someone. And he sent a prophet named Samuel um, and told Samuel, gave him specific instructions. You're going to go to the house of this guy named Jesse. He has a grip of sons. One of those kids is going to be a king. So Samuel had that word went and one by one was like, God, is this the king? Because they all looked the part. Jesse had some good-looking boys, strong, tall, um, handsome. And God was like, no, it's not the one. No, he's not the one. No, he's not the one. Finally, Samuel's like, 
do you have another son, Jesse? Jesse is like, yeah, David. He's out tending sheep. He's the youngest one. He's a scrawny little thing. Surely you don't, surely that's not the one God wants. Samuel told Jesse, go get him. Here comes David. David was a young boy, was being obedient to his father, tending sheep. But I'm sure that in those moments, David had fought some battles on his own. Nobody saw. In the Bible, it says that he did fight off lions. He had some battles that were just his own. And God saw him and said, he's the one. He's going to be king. The story goes on, became one, like the most important king of all Israel, right? He still had his flaws, guys. Still had his flaws. But God saw him fit. And it just struck, it just struck me. David was there, minding his own business, loving God, and using what was in front of him, being obedient. And God said, He's ready. How many times, if you're like me, have you been paralyzed by fear? Because you feel like nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to listen to you. What you have to bring is not important. What you have to offer to the table is not contributing. You're too messed up. You don't have the degree. You don't have the talent. You don't have the skill. Many, many times, yes, Terry, many times I've been there. I'm 30 years old and I feel like I'm just beginning my life. And I don't want to be that way anymore. I don't want to spend time fearing man, fearing the greatness that's in me. Do you guys remember, um, what's that movie? It's like about a spelling bee. And it's, I think it's a, a Maya Angelou quote. No, what's that quote? Well, anyways, essentially like the essence of that quote is basically, um, oh, I'm going to butcher it. But it's like not being afraid of being great. Not being afraid of being all that you are. For a lot of, t- for a lot of years, I was afraid of myself. I didn't allow myself to dream. And that was coming from a place of fear, but also not realizing that I'm a daughter. I'm a daughter. Yes, Akilah and B, thank you. I'm a daughter. And if my father says go, I have his full support. I'm, I'm straight, I'm going. I'm going. There are things that God has deposited in you that only you can contribute, that only you can offer. You might think, no, I have nothing to give. If only you knew my story. If only you knew where I come from. I can't do it. I can't give it. you're a son and you're a daughter and if God says no use this you gotta use it you gotta go you gotta go there are people out there waiting 
for you to pop up to pop up into the scene and say, all right, here I am. There are people waiting for you? And it's been a crazy journey. I'm sure that a lot of you guys have some similar stories where you didn't know how how you got here. Have you ever been in the car and you get home, you're like, how, how did I get here? <laughs> it's happened to me many times. Just like kind of numb in a daze. I want to tell you that God wants to wake wake you up. God wants to shake that up, remove the fog, and open up the curtains. And I, he, he wants you to know, baby girl, baby boy, I'm here. I'm here. We could do this. You don't got to be scared. Yes, our deepest fear is that is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Oh, I love that. We are. We are because we're God's kids. Thank you. We're God's kids, y'all. And I know maybe this message is like basic. <laughs> like, I know I was God. I don't know. I know I'm God's child. Y'all, how many times do we forget it though? Like every day we have to be intentional of stepping into that place of kinship. Every single day. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Lord, I surrender. I literally say that. God, I surrender to your Lordship today. Holy Spirit, I'm willing to see your perspective today. I say that every day. And... I've just seen like how eager God is to step into our lives and like guide us. He's so eager. The thing is, you don't even have to have it all together. That's the beauty of of God is that he's so patient. He's so kind. His kindness leads us to repentance, not his wrath. Not his anger. He's not a tyrant. It's his kindness. It's literally everything he does is motivated by love because he is love. He is the personification of love. There can't be anything like sketchy about God. He's love all all the way. Everything, even even his, even his um. Even his correction is love. Even his correction is love. So I don't know who this was for, but I'm just, I'm praying that one, God would would reveal his father heart to you. He would just like, and you would be like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, that would be so clear. And that everything from here on out, everything that you do, would be would be out of that place of kinship. Every word you say, every every action you take, everywhere you go, every request, every petition of your heart would be out of a place of kinship, knowing that your heavenly Father only has good intentions for your life. All He wants to see is you be whole 
Like he wants you to be whole. So I'm just going to close in prayer. And then I want to hear from y'all. Okay. Danny, are we good on time? Okay. (sighs) If you are here and um, you, I don't know if I'm overstepping with this, Danny, let me know. Okay. But I definitely want to pray over like people who want to further their relationship with Jesus. And maybe if they want to accept Jesus, tonight. Is that okay? Okay. Um, So if you're here on this call and you've been kind of like, yes, I love this, but also I don't know if I'm ready to commit. Um, There's no pressure. Okay. Definitely want to pray over you. Um, So we'll just all pray this together. God, thank you for your love. Thank you because love flows out of you. Thank you because you want us to be whole. Thank you because you have adopted us into your family. Thank you because you paid the price for us with blood. You sent your son to die on the cross for our sins so that we can live with you for eternity, but also experience a kingdom reality here on earth. So right now, I pray over every person on this call that you would begin to stir up hearts Holy Spirit, would you begin to just whisper, whisper into everyone's heart here in this call, truth, goodness, love. Lord, and for those people who might not know you yet as Father, but want to, Lord, I say this special prayer for them. Jesus, I accept you in my heart as my Lord and my Savior. Teach me how to live this life that I have in an honorable way, glorifying God and loving people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all give it up for Raquel Vega. So I'm going to open it up just for a couple minutes. Um, Does anybody want to share something based on what Raquel shared today uh, again for a couple minutes open it up I'll share something small yeah. Raquel thank you that was awesome <laughs> that was a powerful word you said something that I really liked you know I think that as people we stop ourselves from going to church until we're perfect or stepping into something new um, when we have all the right answers and all the right tools but You had said, you know, use what you have in front of you, which is obedience. And, you know, when God says move, he means move. He doesn't mean wait until it looks the way that you want it to. You know, he really just means be obedient to me. And I promise you, like, I I got you. So I love that. It was just so simple. You know, use what you have in front of you, which is obedience, which is really the main thing that he asks 
from us is to be obedient and to submit to him. So I really like that. So that was awesome. Sweet. Yes, it was awesome. Anybody else? I'll chime in really quick. Yeah. A couple of awesome points. Um, I think it's from a completely just outside, really vulnerable point. You know, I think we can get used we can get used to the access that we have and with the access that we have to our God, not as God, but as dad, as father. And, um, sometimes we tend to equate, um, like failure in our carnal relationships, like in like, in like the relationships we can see. And we assume, um, that we can't fully trust God with all of that. Um, because if it doesn't look nice, if it's not, pretty if it's not together then it, you know then god probably won't take it god probably won't accept it and so just a lot of things that you touched on as far as um equating god <clears throat> to the relationships that we can see and sometimes if you haven't had the best experience um with a parent someone who's supposed to love you unconditionally someone who's supposed to accept you without any kind of if and or but you know if 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 you can only show up um looking a certain way talking a certain way doing a job a certain way like whatever sometimes we we tend to compare that to our relationship with god and you're so right it can keep you from seeing yourself the way that god sees you which is great um, to the point that it shies you away from being great. Like you're almost afraid of saying it because and if you say it, if you really if you really began to view yourself the way that God viewed you, you would be this incredible thing and heaven forbid that you shine too bright. Heaven forbid that you do and you operate exactly in what you were created to do. It's like almost this fear that we have. And so just thank you. Like, like you said, thank you for the reminder because we, t I forget, I forget all the time. I forget all the time. And I live in this place where I let fear dictate what God already gave me. And so thank you for that reminder. It's, it's, it was very timely and I'm just, um, I've just, it was, it was just something healthy to remember no matter how long we've been doing this. It's so good. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Jen. I'd really like to piggyback off of what Genesis said right after I thank Raquel for that amazing word. I loved it. I think too, though, another part of living in your greatness, living in your purpose is the people that you surround yourself with. For me, for instance, I'm going to use Dominique as an example. When we served together, the amount of things that this woman made me do that made me so uncomfortable because she wanted the best for me. Oh my gosh. But I knew she was coming from a place of love to push me to be better, to push me to be great, to push me to not let people walk all over me, you know, because I am soft-spoken. So having people that wants you to be great helps you in turn also be great. That's a good point. That's I a love you, point. Madison. I love you, Dom. <laughs> Anybody else? Uh, one or two more people? Can I say something real quick? Please. I'll make it quick. Um, Raquel, you did so good and you reminded me of my walk starting way back when and the whole thing of like having an expectation of what you were supposed to be, how you were supposed to do it, and walking away from God for 11 years. And then you brought it back with the 
kinship. I attach myself to friends and to family so hard that I seem to forget, oh, I'm trying not to cry. I seem to forget that the one, the one who matters the most is the father above. There is no one else I need to attach myself to because at the end of the day, he's the one that's gonna be there through the thickest and the thinnest, through it all, through the battles, through the silent battles that nobody knows about. Everything I've been through up until this point, I think now I know what the real kinship is with Christ because it took all of that before and the experiences of life before and in the beginning of church back then to understand what it is now, what is God's real love and what his blood did for me in my walk because now I can look back and say, God's got me, I am his daughter, broken in everything and every mistake that I've made, he's got me. And there is nothing and no one can change that. So I thank you for that. That's gotta be a song. We're gonna title it, He's Got Me. Raquel, write that down. (laughs) 